I would say one tip would just be to have accountability with somebody else, be vulnerable with someone. I always had a friend that I could reach out to and say, hey, I watch porn, I masturbated, or I fell into sin with my boyfriend or whatever. That is a great tip. Also, um, if you do fall into temptation in any way, give yourself a ton of grace, like take a step back, try to figure out why you're doing that or what's provoking that. And if it's a relationship or if it's going on TikTok late at night or something, just take it out of your life or fast from it, you know? Fasting from things is really healthy and has helped me heal a lot. But overall, it's just a journey. It's a process. Know that you're healing. Know that you're just the act of you wanting to heal is already a step forward into healing. A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check Podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, everyone? We are back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. You guys are not ready for today's episode. Honestly, I don't even know if I'm ready for today's episode. I'm going to be interviewing my friend Emily Elizabeth, who is stepping out of the box in every way, shape, and form on social media, talking about topics that, in my opinion, are not talked about enough. She shares her testimony about how God took her out of some unhealthy addictions and also how she handles hateful comments on TikTok and on Instagram. We dive deep, very deep into what God, what a God-centered relationship looks like and so much more. Let's check in. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. I am beyond excited to chat today. We have so many amazing topics. Same. It's going to be good. And I'm also happy we got coffee before. This is, today was our first time meeting. Yes. And I felt like that was appropriate before diving into these like. It was. We had to hold ourselves back from getting too deep. We're like, we can't talk about this yet. We did. My podcast manager the whole, before the meeting was like, make sure you don't ask the questions when you guys get coffee because you want to talk about it on the podcast. And we were both like, wait, I want to ask you this question, <laughs> but I also like want it to be authentic and I want to talk about it on the podcast. And we were like, we just need to go record the episode. I kind of like the timing of everything because we don't know each other that deep yet. Mm -hmm. So you guys are all going to be seeing this for the first time, our interaction, Nicole and I. I'm excited. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I feel like because of what we're talking about, I feel like the enemy is a little bit like trying to get into my nerves. You feel me? Oh, absolutely. He's always biting at our feet, but don't worry. Yeah, we're going to kick him off. Yeah, we're going to kick him off. <laughs> so what is a dream that you have right now? Oh my gosh. I feel like living with God is a dream every day. But one of the biggest things that we're working on right now is launching a clothing company that is giving back to human trafficking in the sex industry and the porn industry. So we've been designing merch with some friends. So that's a big dream. We're waiting for that to happen, hopefully in December. And yeah, just 
trying to get married. <laughs> That's a big yes, dream, right? all the things. All the things. I saw that uh, clothing brand on your Instagram story today, and I meant to ask you about that, yes. but I'm glad we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned today during coffee, you worked for A21 for a while. Yes, I worked at A21 in 2019 and God called me over there. I had no idea what I was going to be getting into. And the team over at A21 is just so amazing. If you guys don't know about them, I definitely highly recommend checking them out. They fight human trafficking um, globally and they are just so encouraging in the work that they're doing. So... We're unsure if we're going to be partnering with them for the clothing company or someone else, but either way, it's a really, really such a good cause. So it's, I mean, they're they're incredible. They're doing the work of the Lord, honestly, in that that industry. It's hard. So, I kind of wanted to start with you sharing your testimony because I feel like testimonies are so powerful, mm -hmm. and I feel like just such good conversation flows from it. So I would just love to hear like just your faith journey, yeah. like where you started to where you're at now. Totally. So I was born and raised in LA, which we talked about. Uh, I was not raised in a Christian household. I actually grew up Jewish. And by the age of eight, uh, my mom kind of threw me into the church because it was just like easy. And I started to build a relationship with God from eight years old until around 15. I was very active in like young life and a lot of youth groups. And then I think around 15 was where I started to get more invested in, you know, culture and like LA life and all that stuff. And I was just transitioning out of middle school into high school and I had no friends. And I was like, I just want friends. I just want to be popular. I want to do all these things. And, um, I kind of just started to open the door to sin from like that time on probably around like 14 or 15. And I got involved with like the more popular group in school and they were drinking and partying and smoking. Um, and so, this is, I'll just try to make this as short as possible, but yeah. So I started kind of getting into those groups and then I had my first boyfriend at the age of 15 going into 16. And at that time I was waiting till marriage. I again had been slightly raised in Christian culture. So I was like, Oh, I want to wait till marriage. You know, um, didn't really understand what that meant. And I started dating this guy and he, I talk about this a lot on my TikToks and stuff as well as my Instagram content, but to go more deep, he just really wanted to take my virginity and he was like very vocal about it a lot and there was a lot of manipulation and so we ended up breaking up. I was super heartbroken and I was like, oh my gosh, this man, he, you know, I didn't give him what he wanted. Um, he doesn't love me, doesn't want to date me because I won't have sex with him. And this is coming from a 16 year old girl. So from that point on my, like, I just wanted to basically have sex with him because I was like, well, maybe if I do this, I can get back with him. Um, so that kind of opened the door to that. And over the years, um, I just basically fell away from God from the age of 16 till 22. And I was in very casual relationships, was uh, having casual sex, and um, it just opened up a lot of doors to things that are meant for marriage, which is, again, what I talk about a lot. Um, 
yeah, so <laughs> that's that's the non-Christian part of it. Um, and then at the age of 22, I basically was in this relationship with this guy. We were sexually active. Um, and at that point in time, I had gotten like more deep into like sex. I started watching porn. I started uh, openly talking about sex to like everyone. I was definitely addicted to it, which we'll get into more um, in the podcast. But I like sex was just such a normal thing for me. And it was like an everyday occurrence in one way or another. If it was having it, watching it, talking about it, it was just so natural for me. And me and this man, we were dating. He actually ended up being a Christian and then we broke up and it brought me to God because I was just so broken. I felt so insecure and felt like everything that I was doing was just like not ending up anywhere. And so it led me to the Lord. And now that was five years ago. So it's been, it's been a journey. And one of the things too, that God spoke to my heart, a lot of people ask me, they're like, you know, why are you so intense about this? Or like, why are you so intense about waiting till marriage? Or why are you so intense about sex or like porn or all this stuff? And when I got saved, God so specifically told me like, you are not like allowed to have sex till marriage. Like you have abused that privilege. And I felt so strongly about it and I didn't know why. And then now looking back on just the journey that God has led me through with that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then working at A21 and doing, working with sex trafficking and all this stuff, it just has all tied together. And now here we are. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Deep. Um, very deep, very vulnerable. And like I said in the in the introduction, like not talked about enough. Mm. Um, pornography is not talked about enough, especially like a female addiction. Like it's so unheard of, but I bet it's more common than people think. And the sex addiction. I mean, being in the, I guess, Christian community now, not that, I mean, it's definitely not talked about enough, but also like coming from being a non-believer to a believer for myself, like, like sex was so, like you said, so often talked about and so common and so weird to not talk about. Like you're out for brunch with your girlfriends and that's the topic of conversation, like, which is fine for them. But when you start to have that conviction of like, wait, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Like that's unhealthy. It just gets to be a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so thank you for sharing all of those very heavy topics. And I kind of want to dive into the how you healed from, like you said, the porn addiction, the sex addiction, like what practically, like if someone is listening who is going through that, like what is something, something practical that really helped you? People don't talk about this a lot, but when I got saved, it was a process. It wasn't right away. I was like, I stopped watching porn. You know, I still struggle with that to this day. Honestly, like there are definitely times where I'm laying in bed at night and I'm like, oh, this TikTok leads to this person's profile and this and this is just so easily accessible. Um, And I think that the biggest thing for me was just realizing how harmful it was, not only to myself, but to my future husband, to my future children, to people that I'm ministering to. I felt this weight of um, just like my call, honestly, on my life and realizing that I wasn't only fighting for myself, I was fighting for other people. And that's just my own personal testimony. So anytime I, you know, I have certain memories in my mind of when I 
would watch porn or something as a Christian and I would just feel so much shame. And we talked about this, like I had never felt shame or guilt around sex ever in my life or around porn. And then when I got saved, I started to feel this like guilt and shame, which is not from God. Okay. A lot of people are like, why do you serve a God that like gives guilt and shame? And it's not, but when you are close to to the Lord, like you want to be holy, like you want to be, um, pure and it's a desire of like the spirit, you know? So I would say one tip would just be to have accountability with somebody else, be vulnerable with someone. I always had a friend that I could reach out to and say, Hey, I watch porn. I masturbated or I fell into sin with my boyfriend or whatever. That is a great tip. Also, um, if you do fall into temptation in any way, give yourself a ton of grace, like take a step back, try to figure out why you're doing that or what's provoking that. And if it's a relationship or if it's going on TikTok late at night or something, just take it out of your life or fast from it, you know, um, fasting from things is really healthy and has helped me heal a lot. But, um, overall it's just a journey. It's a process. Know that you're healing, know that you're just the act of you wanting to heal is already a step forward into healing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and we talked about this at, at breakfast or coffee that, you know, who you surround yourself with is also so important um, on your journey, because if you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to allow you to fall into a situation or they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. You just had sex. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. You want to surround yourself with people that know what you stand for, that know the goals you have and so that they can be your accountability. Like, hey, we talked about this the other day and you actually said you don't want to do that. I'm going to hold you to that. Mm-hmm. And so who you surround yourself with, I feel like, especially when I was a new believer, that was had such a big impact on my decisions. Because if I'm if I'm out with people like I shared with you, my story about Miami, that was the last time I had sex when I finally decided to save myself for marriage and I was with the wrong crowd. No one was stopping me and I'm not blaming other people, of course. But had I been surrounded by people who knew what I wanted and what I stood for, I don't think it would have happened. And same thing, that was the first time I had felt shame around something that had only ever brought me pleasure and joy. And that was... You know, I know that I know that God allowed that to happen for me to experience something that I'd never experienced before in that way. And and it was after that weekend that I decided I'm saving myself until marriage. And that was my that was my defining moment. And then I did. And it's been such a rewarding experience. Amen. Yeah. And I think I get a lot of DMs from girls asking about, you know, and I know this is one of your questions, but about like unequally yoked partners and everything like that. And honestly, you need somebody that's going to hold you accountable to that as well. It can't just be one person wanting to wait till marriage. It has to be both of you that are pursuing purity because it's just so hard to not have somebody on your side, like while not only friends, but who you're dating to be pushing you more towards Jesus, more towards um, a pure heart and a pure mind. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, I there's a reason the Bible talks about being equally yoked and we're not God, so we're not here to say like if you're dating someone who's not a Christian that you're supposed to break up with them, like that's for God to say. But obviously, if you're pursuing purity and that is something God is calling you to, which I, I think he calls everyone to, it's going to be really hard to do with someone who doesn't understand it 
and wants to have sex, you will constantly feel pressured. I mean, even like you in that relationship, like you, you guys broke up and then you felt like you had to have sex with him Mm -hmm. to be loved. Yeah. And I feel like that's so common. Oh yeah. I mean, I see so many uh, TikToks of young girls going through abuse in that way. It's like psychological and um, it's, it's really tragic. And I, I really do believe if you want to wait in any capacity, if you're a man or a female, if you're a Christian or not, your partner should support that. Um, even if you guys mess up or something happens, just continuing to focus on like that minds, like that goal is so valuable in a relationship and having a partner that wants to run towards that with you. Yeah, and honestly, like you shouldn't want to be with someone who doesn't respect a decision that you have that you feel is better for you. If they can't respect that, then I'm sorry, but they don't respect you and you don't want to be with someone who doesn't respect you. Yeah. And that's okay. Like that's okay to break up with them because that's not who God has for you. Mm -hmm. The man God has for you is going to respect you and will be aligned with what you believe in and with what you want. And I feel like that's one of the signs that you know a relationship is from God when you are aligned on your beliefs and your values and what you stand for and the generational curses that you want to break. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. all these topics that you're talking about, obviously on TikTok and on Instagram, are not common. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this at Coffee, but you probably receive more hate than encouragement on everything you post, how do you handle that? Like, what is your mindset? Honestly, I don't think about it at all. Um, I TikTok, it's easier for me to look through the comments because it's so active for me. And I'll read through them. And honestly, my heart position is I know my identity in Christ and I know what God's called me to. And I kind of think about it. We were talking about this as well. When I was that age or I wasn't a Christian or I wasn't like saturated in Christ or anything. Like I had the same mindset. I honestly used to comment on people's videos and like Facebook, MySpace posts and say (laughs) these horrible things. I was one of those people. And, And so I understand where they're coming from. I don't take offense to it because it's not me that they're attacking. It's the, um, it's really like my faith. And so for me, I know that I'm putting out content that glorifies the Lord and any comments that are against that. I know that it's not to hurt me, but it's, it's really just people just expressing like their feelings or opinions. Um, and I try to comment back to as many people as I can and just bring the Lord into it. And sometimes people will sometimes, you know, this, this is the craziest thing is I will comment something back to someone who is so hateful and all of a sudden, like I'll comment out of love and all of a sudden their language changes or their heart changes towards Mm -hmm. me. And it's really just people that are in pain. And so when I look at it in that lens, I'm like, wow, that person's in pain or wow, that person doesn't understand or there's like trauma there, insecurity or whatever. Mm -hmm. It helps me honestly love them the way that Jesus would love them um, and just bring truth and light to them and... I mean, that's all we can really do, you know? Yeah. I mean, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And I feel like knowing that and being so aware of like where your identity is found and and your purpose and your why behind what you're doing, I feel like that must help you a lot um, when you're receiving those comments. Totally. I feel like it kind of goes over my head in a way just because 
I'm not focused on hate. I'm focused on what God is doing. And I'm so thankful for my relationship with him. Um, and I want people to see Jesus through me. I think that's every believers, like we ask for that. We want people to see Jesus through them. And all I can do is just kind of put out content. And then if somebody sees that, like if it's one person that DMs me out of 700,000 people that look at it, it's worth it to me. If one person says, hey, that video about you struggling with porn, like I struggle with that. Can you please help me or pray for me? That's so worth it to me. And I just think about that. Like God left the 99 to save the one. And I believe as believers, we should be focused on that. You know, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. It's not about all the people that hate or all the people that don't like you or this or that. It's like, there are people that need Jesus. And like, those people are going to run towards Jesus because I was both people. I was the person that hid behind my comments and was like, I hate God. God is horrible. Like I love sex, all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Masturbation is great. Why would you not want to do that? It's normal. It's normal. Mm -hmm. Like you're crazy. You know, I was literally that person, but then I was also the girl that was insecure and scared and had sex with her boyfriend and got broken up with and Mm -hmm. was lonely and depressed and anxious. And I ran towards Jesus and, no one helped me run towards Jesus. And I would want to help girls or men run towards Jesus because that's really the goal. So that's kind of like my heart towards the comments and TikTok and Instagram. I had a um, friend, I think it was in 2000. I, I was a sophomore in college. So I think it, that was like 2013. And she got diagnosed with cancer in 2012. And I think she was 20. And she became very close to Jesus during that time to the point where no one understood it. And I wasn't a believer at that time. I didn't know who God was. Like I was raised Catholic, but we went to church on Christmas and like it was never like discussed at home during dinner or anything like that. And I didn't understand it. She is posting stuff like, thank you, Jesus, for the time I've had. Like, just so like, I was like, what is wrong with this person? Like, you're literally dying and you're thanking God. Like, I truly don't get it. And we went through kind of a, like an argument. She had reached out to me and quoted Jeremiah 29, 11 and was like, hey, um, I was on this mission trip. I'm witnessing miracles and God wanted me to share with you. Like, you seem fine on the outside, but you're broken on the inside. And, you know, God has a plan for you, plan to prosper you, give you hope in a future. And I remember being so offended. Like, who are you to say, I'm not broken, I'm fine. Like, I am so good. And looking back on that moment, I can remember I actually was broken. Mm. I was 100% broken and she was 100% right. And she ended up passing away like, shortly after that. And it really is a part of my testimony now. Wow. Like I look back and I have to give grace to people now who don't understand it Mm -hmm. because I can remember it took me, that was in 2013. I got saved in 2017. Yeah. So it, it took me years to understand. And so when I have people who don't understand something that I'm doing or maybe something I'm writing about or saying, I have to give them grace and know I was them. Yeah. And so whether it takes them one year, five years, 10 years, like they can also look back and that could be part of their testimony as well. Totally. Yeah. And I think that it's, we were talking about at coffee. It's like, it's a seed planet. A lot of people comment on, I mean, there's so many comments that are just 
I don't even know beyond me, but a lot of people say like, you're judging me, like you're judging me. I'll post something and it's against what they believe. And they'll say, this is judgment or something. And for me, I'm like, no, this is just my faith. And like, at that time you could have thought, oh, she's judging me. She thinks I'm broken. Like something's wrong with me. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, I mean, we're all broken. Like we all have issues. The more we realize the need for Jesus, the more, um, like, we can heal and the more that we can walk in healing. And so I think I love that story. That is so incredible and so true. And, you know, when I got saved, it was so cool because the guy that I was dating at the time before I got saved was a believer and he would take me to church. And when I got saved all of these times, like, I think I had a flashback of my life and it was like, five or six years flashback of like all these times God Mm -hmm. had tried to talk to me like (laughs) through strangers at an airport Mm -hmm. through people in an elevator like through old church pastors I had all these moments of like clarity and revelation and I was like oh my gosh God has been trying to talk to me for seven years and I've just been totally denying him and so I think about that with my content it's like people are seeing even a one percent of Jesus and I pray that that seed is planted and maybe five years, 10 years from now, they'll come into the revelation and knowledge of who God is. And they'll be like, oh gosh. And then they'll see me on their feet and be like, oh gosh, I remember that girl. Mm-hmm. Dang. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah, it is true. Cause like, we've all been through it. We all have. And honestly, so that story was 2000. Oh, maybe I'm, I was in college. 2000, that was 2009. I don't know math. So 2012, I'm now a senior in college and this kid came up to me. I was in a 500 person lecture hall and I was having probably one of the worst days of my life. My grades were so bad. Wasn't sure if I was going to graduate relationally, just a really bad place. And this kid came up to me after class and was like, Hey, do you have a couple minutes to, to chat? And I was like, I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm having a horrible day. Maybe I can help yours. Sure. So he's like, well, do you have like five minutes? Like we can sit down. And I was like, sure, totally. He, we sit down and he pulls out his Bible and Amen. he was like, I don't want to be really weird. Like, do you mind if I pull out my Bible? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. And he was like, you obviously there's 500 people in our class. You clearly don't know who I am, but God was asking me to pray for you the whole class wow, period. So and cool. he asked me to read a verse to, do you mind? And I was like, sure starts reading to me Jeremiah 29 11, which I can get emotional even like talking about it now. The same verse that my friend who passed away had shared with me a couple of years prior. And mm. I remember in that moment, like, te- and I'm not a crier. So like even getting emotional now, like I know it's God. Like I started crying mm. with this guy and he was apologizing. He was like, I'm so sorry. And I, and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Mm. Like, I, I don't even know what that means. Mm. Like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> and um, even looking back on that, um, knowing that was God in that moment. Wow. Amen. He had a plan for me, plan to prosper me, give me hope in a future. And even though I didn't become a believer until 2017, I always held on to that. Wow. Even in times of rough seasons, I would think back to that. Well, that kid in school once said, "Who I don't know who God is, but whoever he is, he has a plan for me. Like I'm going through it. <laughs> like God has a plan for me. And um, that's actually hilarious. It's so funny. I just see like little Nicole being like, it's cool. God's got a plan for me. <laughs> so <laughs> just stories like that. And again, like it took years to really hit me to know what it means. And so just to have that patience and have that grace for people who don't know God yet, 
and just to have that excitement, like when they do one day, and I say when, cause I just fully believe that for everyone, um, that they will have a similar story. And if you get to be a part of someone's testimony, even to plant a tiny seed, like, I think that's so powerful. Amen. So being a virgin in today's society, <laughs> or dare I say born again, virgin, <laughs> let's dive into that topic. <laughs> so I was not a virgin yeah. until I was a born-again virgin, I guess, at 27. Get it, girl. And people think that's impossible. I mean, I once thought that was impossible. What What are people saying? Because I know you're <laughs> posting about this on TikTok. Yeah, so— And Instagram. My boyfriend is a virgin. He's 29, and I am not. I lost my virginity at 16 and then was sexually active until I got saved at 22 and, again, had that radical experience encounter where God was like, you're saving yourself for marriage. Uh, A lot of the comments that I get are, you can't do that. Just call yourself, you know, you've had sex. You've been, people will, this is vulgar, but people will be like, you've been run through like a hundred times, like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, guys, relax. Like, Calm down. It's not I that, mean, that's not that big of a thing. That's a little much. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> extra. I'm like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't even that big of a deal, honestly, yeah. compared to some, you know, everyone has their own story. But for me, it felt like a lot. And I think that Um, I went through a lot of healing. I told myself I would not get into a relationship with someone until I was completely healed from my past trauma within my exes because I just didn't want to bring that into a pure relationship. So I went through therapy. I went through this thing called inner healing, which you go basically to a prayer counselor and they just break off any soul ties, which I talk about in some of my videos, breaking off soul ties. If you don't know what that is, go look it up on Google. It's incredible just breaking off any sexual um, ties that you have with anyone from your past. And yeah, I mean, I consider myself a virgin in a way because I literally have no recollection of like a recollection of like what sex is or like how that even is at all, which is crazy for me. Um, I don't know what it feels like. I don't remember any sexual experiences or encounters. And if I do, I'll go to therapy because I believe that most of that's like trauma related. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that a lot of people respond well to Tyler being a virgin Mm -hmm. actually, because it's so taboo. A lot of people in my comments are like, wow, like that's amazing. But then Mm -hmm. they'll be like, but you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you didn't wait. And I'm like, well, my boyfriend sees me as that as well. Um, He literally has told me I've never thought about you with another person, our whole relationship, because to me, you're pure. Like to me, you are completely washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And that's the way that he sees me. And that's the way that we see our relationship. So if we end up getting married, sex would be under the covenant of God. It would be like extremely different Mm -hmm. experience, which I'm sure you know. (laughs) Yes. I know all about that. She's married guys. Um, Yeah. So I mean, I just have had girls ask questions like on Instagram, like I'm afraid. And this is a fear I had when I decided to like, you know, wait until marriage. I'm never going to find a Christian guy who will marry me because I'm not a virgin. That was like my first fear as becoming a Christian girl, like looking at all these like girls in church who are virgins. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to find like an actual real Christian guy who will date me or marry me because I'm not a virgin. And I remember one of the first Christians I went on a date with, I had said that fear to him and he was like, well, any guy that 
is going to marry you is going to see you the way Jesus sees you. Yeah, amen. And I think that's so important for girls to know, like, just because you've had sex, that doesn't mean you no longer are entitled to marry a Christian man. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and if anyone tells you otherwise, like it's 100% a lie. Yeah. And that's why I think being equally yoked also is kind of important because if they don't, they're not aligned with the same belief, they're not going to see you the way that Jesus Uh, sees you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Tyler, you know, he loves... The, w- the way that I am is because of my story and mm-hmm. what I've been through and who I am. And he always tells me, he's like, I love you because of that. Like you can speak to people that I can't speak to in ways mm-hmm. and he can speak to people I can't speak to. Right. So it's like there is a man or a woman out there is going to love you for exactly how God has written your story. Mm-hmm. And they're going to like they're going to want you because of that. So don't be discouraged, guys. And girls, there are men and women out there that want want that. So (laughs) So what would you say is the main difference between a man who calls himself a Christian and a man who is actually like after God's heart? Yeah. So (laughs) I was in the dating scene in the Christian world for five years. I was not in a relationship, but I definitely dated a lot of guys and went on a lot of dates. And I kind of called myself like a serial dater in a way. We've all been there. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) I was like, uh, I would go on and off dating apps and stuff. And then I finally was like, no, I'm not doing this. And then I met someone (laughs) through Instagram. Um, But yeah, I think that biggest difference between other guys that I dated and Tyler is he's walking it out. Like he is, we pray together. We, you know, we, I know he reads scripture every day we hold each other accountable. And I think the biggest thing is too, I see fruit in his life. Like I see him walking in purpose. I see him wanting more of Jesus. Um, he, when we're together, like he evangelizes, like he prays for people on the street. You Mm -hmm. can see the fruit of people's life. And also before I went on a date with him, I prayed and I asked God for confirmation if Mm -hmm. I was supposed to move forward with this person and go on another date. And that's a really good indicator. Like you'll know spirit, you'll feel it in your spirit. If you're Mm -hmm. connected to God, you'll just have a, like that knowing in your, in your spirit. And, um, and I believe that's like a really good indicator to know if someone's like walking with Jesus or not. Mm -hmm. Every guy that I had dated prior to that, I was like, I don't know what it is, but there was just something that I was like, "Eh, no. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything to do with them. Like it was just my own personal journey with the Lord. I needed someone that was as equally on fire, Mm -hmm. equally walking towards purpose. And, uh, God knew. And, I knew too. I always said that when I met the person that I was going to be with, that I would have like a knowing and I experienced that. So it's, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. I call them like God confirmations. Yeah. I had very similar confirmations when Nico and I met, like I would have visions that God gave me and then like I would see them come to life. Yes. And like that was from God. Like there was one moment, like we had been dating probably maybe two months and I had a vision of being side stage somewhere and him praying over me, wow. like hands on my shoulders. And at the time I was like, maybe I'm going on stage to sing worship. Maybe I'm going to preach somewhere. Like, I don't know what this is, but this is pretty cool. And then a week later at church, I did um, encouragement for the serve team on stage. And he ran last minute ran backstage, laid his hands on me. It was the exact vision God gave me to the point where like, I freaked out about it. Like that was probably one of the first visions I had that like really came to life. Wow. 
And that was a God confirmation for me. And I think you're correct. I think the fruit of someone's life will tell you if they're actually walking with God or not. Yeah. Like what are their actions showing versus what their words are saying? Totally. And, and I think that's the big indicator. Yeah. And you can test, like the Bible says that we can test the spirit. And so honestly, throughout a dating relationship, you're not married, you're dating. And Tyler and I always say that we are dating. We are not married. We are still you know, now we've been a year, so we kind of have a good gist. But as we were dating, we were testing each other, being like, hey, like, does this person hear from God? I would literally pray something, Nicole, and be like, God, I need Tyler to text me in the mornings. I'm annoyed, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. And like he would wake up the night. I was like, I'm going to break up with him if he doesn't do this. Like, I'm so <laughs> fight or flight because of my, all my trauma. And like the next day he would like do it. And I was like, OK, like God, you know, God knows. So just pray guys. <laughs> I had something. So another, this was like the other God confirmation I had so similar to that where someone had said something to me. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but they basically said I wasn't nurturing mm. and it was very offensive. I was very hurt by it. And Nico and I weren't even boyfriend, girlfriend at the time. We'd been talking for two weeks. And so I, I hadn't even told him this story. It was literally 10 minutes after this encounter happened with someone. And he, I got a text from him that said, hey, I just want you to know, I think you're the most nurturing, caring, <laughs> loving human being. And I was like, God, is that you? It is. Like, what the heck? I freaked out again. I was like, this is such a, I feel like when you're, so aligned with someone and God is speaking to you, God is speaking speak to, them to them yeah. and telling them what you need. Yep. And that's how I knew God had him for me yeah. because he was constantly hearing from God, not just about for him, but for me. Yeah. It's just so crazy powerful. And that's how for, for me, and I'm sure for you, um, I mean, you guys aren't married yet, but that's how I knew he was the one. Yeah. The God, the constant God confirmations. Yeah. And I don't know, like, you know, a lot of questions I'll get, like, is how do you know if someone's the one? Like, I actually fully believe, like, they're the one when you're, like, walking down the aisle and you're getting mm -hmm. married. Um, and you say, like, yes, and I do. Because ultimately, your one has to be Jesus before somebody comes as your one. Because literally, the Bible says, like, two come together as one. Mm -hmm. And then that person is your one. So, you know, Tyler's not my one yet. But and it's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. Like we both have to choose each other and you have to choose that person every single day. Um, Amen. Yeah. There's been many times where we could have totally separated or whatever, but ultimately like God has a plan and a purpose. And if that person is meant for you, they will be drawn towards you. Let's go. Yeah. That's good. So when, and this is a question someone asked, but when in the relationship do you think it's appropriate to talk about where you are, where you are at with purity? Gosh, I, we talked about it on the first date because, Same. I mean, why would you not? Yeah. I was so over dating. I was like, I'm waiting till marriage. And he was like, oh, great. I'm a virgin and I'm waiting till marriage. I was like, perfect. Love it. You know, like we didn't <laughs> kiss on the first date. Yeah. Like we kind of just, um, I think the second date we kissed and I was like, okay, I we need to like take five steps back. Because like chemistry we had was chemistry. there. Yeah, yeah, people are all, you know, this is so funny, but people are like one of the biggest arguments which is so dumb but you know why don't you want to test drive the car before you buy it type of thing like what if he sucks in bed or I don't know these people comment yeah, these crazy things right and I'm like you know if you have chemistry with someone you can feel it like mm -hmm. I consistently want to have sex with my boyfriend mm -hmm. I don't and we don't act on the urges but 
I know. <laughs> and God wants you to have that desire. Oh, so totally. if you're with someone and you don't have that chemistry or attraction, I'm sorry to say it, but they're probably not. Heart from, track. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, God wants you to have that desire because God created sex. So like if you're not desiring them when you're dating them, like you probably won't desire them when you're married. Yep, exactly. And sex is super important in a marriage. Like mm-hmm. it helps like, it's just, it's like binding, you know, God, God asks us to have sex. So yeah, there's like a scripture. I don't even know it, but um, it's something about the only time you shouldn't have sex is when you're both fasting yeah. or something. <laughs> I love like, that. So yeah, I love sex. Yeah, people are like, God doesn't, why do you talk about sex so much? God doesn't talk about it. I'm like, he does though. It's all throughout the Bible. They talk about sexual or immorality, adultery, like sex is like all the stories in the Bible. Like it's highly talked about, you know? Because it's so connected to the heart. And I think above all else. Yes. Like. Everything comes back to the heart. Totally. And that's why casual sex is so dangerous because it's all you and I've been there. So like you think it's casual and pointless and doesn't mean anything, but it actually does. And it tears a little piece of your heart every time. And it's so sad. And that's why I'm so passionate about this. And I know that's why you are as well, because we've been there. Yeah. And we've seen the hurt it caused where we were broken. But like on the inside, like my friend said, but on the outside, we seem totally fine. Yeah. Um, but it really is so dangerous for our mental and for our soul. Totally. And if there's one thing that I can say, if you are thinking about re-waiting till marriage or, you know, setting that boundary with your partner, it's, I wish I had a loudspeaker. It's so (laughs) worth it. And it's so the fruit that I've seen in our, in my life, like by just obeying God and that desire that he has over my life and being like, okay, I'm going to align with this desire that God has. I have seen so much fruit in my relationship. There's so much more joy and peace. Anytime Tyler and I mess up sexually, if something happens, Mm -hmm. we have anxiety. We feel actually more disconnected. Mm -hmm. We feel more connected when we're pure in in a dating relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's worth it. I just can't imagine the feeling that I had felt like years back when I would have casual sex or, you know, I just felt drained. I felt weighty all the time. And there's a freedom that comes with waiting. Yeah. And I also think even if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian and I think not having sex with someone you're dating and not um, being physically active, I think you see a lot faster if you have things in common with this person because sex can be so blinding. Like if if you're just having sex all the time, there's no need to talk really. Like your relationship becomes about sex. And so I feel like, and this is my experience in, I was dating someone for almost four years and it started as casual sex and then turned into us dating. And then when the relationship went south and we weren't having sex anymore, we realized we actually had nothing to talk about. Literally same thing happened to me. We we actually have nothing in common. Yeah, like you actually don't really like them. I actually don't like you at all. Yeah. Like when I broke up with my ex, I was like, we have nothing That's in common. The same thing happened to me. Don't you want to be with someone that likes these things that you like and yes. wants to do these things? And so I think when you take physical activity out of the equation in dating, you're able to see a lot quicker if you like this person. Totally. In general. Yeah. I'm like, whenever I see Tyler, I'm like, I just like enjoy you. Mm-hmm. Like there's an enjoyment that I have just by being with him that is not sexual related at all, which is amazing. It's amazing. And your relationship, your communication becomes so strong. Like mine and Nico's communication is so strong Mm. because we had a year of building that and working on that. Yeah. That now like sex is not the foundation of our marriage. Mm. 
it's definitely a part of our marriage now, but we're able to work through issues and work through problems and just our communication in general is so strong because we had a year of building that. Yeah, so good. So to kind of wrap it up, because I feel like we could continue to talk for hours. Um, <laughs> part what two. Ad- yeah, part two. <laughs> what advice would you give someone struggling with the daily thought that they will never meet the man God has for them? Oh my gosh. Or the woman God has for them? I lived in that world for like four years. So I feel you. I think that advice that I could give you is just to keep pressing forward in your relationship with Jesus. This is for a Christian. I'll also do like a non-Christian advice too, but for a Christian, keep pressing forward in your relationship with Jesus. The more that you grow in intimacy with him um, and the more that you pursue like the call that he has on your life, I think the closer that you're actually going to get to meeting someone, if that's God's will for your life. I think uh, sometimes we honestly hold ourselves back. And then you see a lot of people in the church settle for people that are unequally yoked because they're just tired of waiting. But I saw the most fruit in that area of my life when I actually started stepping out in my call more. I started posting videos on TikTok. I started talking about my singleness. I started doing all these things that were so out of my box. And then I stopped thinking about dating. I honestly was just like so over it that Tyler just kind of swept in Mm -hmm. and he wasn't my all because I had built my life around Jesus and around my like call and about what I was called to do. And if you don't know what you're called to do, um, start journaling about it, start praying about it, start getting mentors in your life to pray over you and give you prophetic words, um, about what God sees for you. That has helped me so much. Um, so yes, just stay focused on what Jesus is doing in your life and heal as much as you can. I healed so much as a single person. I healed all my traumas, my eating disorders, my like sexual past, everything that when that person came into my life, I was able to fully love him in the way that like I knew my identity fully. And obviously, yeah, stuff comes up in a relationship that doesn't come up when you're single that you have to deal with in the relationship, but you don't want the other part and that part to come up, then it's just over Mm -hmm. the top. So that's that. And then if you're not a Christian and you're just doubting, you know, like if somebody is there for you or somebody is for you, I always say like, if the desire is there, then like, I believe that God has that for you. And Mm -hmm. I I believe that like, he's not going to like hold that back from you. Um, But you can just kind of apply that same principle. Just stay focused on what you're supposed to do. And honestly, the most attractive thing to a man is some, a woman that is joyful. And Mm -hmm. the most attractive thing to a woman is a man who like is focused and like determined and works hard. I I do believe that. So, um, yeah, that's my advice. I'm so aligned with that. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) like workaholics. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) Like, just work. (laughs) So true. Like there's nothing more attractive than than someone who is happy. Totally. And I'm also, I agree the same with a man. Like there's nothing more attractive than a man who is also very focused, um, focused on God, focused on himself, focused on his future. Um, and I do also believe that we don't have to be completely healed to be in a relationship, but when you go into a relationship as whole as you can be and the other person is as whole as they can be, then you have a whole relationship. Totally. If you go into a relationship broken, you're going to have a broken relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I do believe that God gives you someone that will help you continue to heal in a healthy way. Yeah. And like uh, in my past, I had moved from relationship to relationship to relationship <laughs> and I was broken in all of them. And 
it showed, you know, and it was too much for the relationship. And I also want to just say, like, if you do struggle with depression and anxiety, that that does not mean you're not worthy of having a spouse or having a partner or um, this or that. But I think just learning how to lean on the Lord for your joy, even in times of depression, even in times of anxiety, um, you know where to go to before going to a partner. Because Mm -hmm. you cannot idolize a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife. You have to learn how to take your mind to Christ every single day. And so if anything, focus on that in your life right now, like whenever you feel depressed or anxious or confused or just whatever, take that to Jesus, take it to Jesus, take it to Jesus every day. And then when you're in a relationship and you get triggered in those ways, instead of putting that on your partner, you're going to take it to Jesus. And it's so healing for the relationship. Totally. And if you're constantly looking to someone for to someone else to fix your problems, you're going to be disappointed Yep, because no one else can fix you except for Jesus. Amen. (laughs) So we're going to end on this, but um, what are some practical, maybe one or two things you can do in a relationship to help keep God at the center? Oh, pray. (laughs) I was going to say pray. Seems like the easiest option. It's just like pray, like pray. Also just like talking about God. Like you Mm -hmm. can pray by just literally bringing God into the conversation, like telling your partner, like what God's doing in your life or what you read in scripture or how encouraged you are, or just I encourage Tyler to like journal, like Mm -hmm. guys don't really journal girls. That's like such a thing. So I'm like, journal what you want. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just helping encourage each other towards Christ and not blaming or putting yourself as the center, but putting Jesus as the center, it helps balance the relationship. Honestly, there's this thing that I always think back to there's, it's a triangle and it's basically God at the top and then each partner on the, the, opposite ends of the triangle and then the more you move towards God at the top the closer you actually get together so good and it's good I mean God says that like a three chords whatever tie strand yeah strand something. like can't be broken yeah. so like, we know scripture yeah so I <laughs> I'm learning um, I'm doing a bible plan um but yeah so I always just think I'm like if God is in the middle like I'm such an optimist I'm like my everything is going to be better like mm-hmm. even though that's not always the truth but like that's what like how I think about it. I'm like, if I put God in the middle or the top of my relationship in my mind, Mm -hmm. in my heart, in the ways that I'm acting and talking and being and loving Tyler Mm -hmm. as Jesus loved, not from my selfish ambition of like, I want this, like, but Mm -hmm. how God wants me to love him, then God is automatically in the middle of my relationship because I'm thinking about him. And it's like the illustration, like a house that has a strong foundation is not easily Broken. Broken or cannot easily fall down. Totally. A house with a strong foundation will stand strong. Yeah. And I think, like you said, like as God, if God is the foundation of your relationship and you're constantly going to him and you're constantly like going closer to him, like that triangle illustration, I think that is the number one step in keeping God at the center. Yeah. And like the biggest thing is I have to, Emily has to keep God at the center of my life. And Tyler has to keep God at the center of his life for God to be in the center of our relationship. What a good note to end on. I mean, that's what it is. Like, it's really like, (laughs) I cannot force my partner to be closer to God. I can encourage him. I can pray for him. I can, that's basically it. And that, that's it. Like, I can't be like, you need to read Mm -hmm. this or blah, 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 because that's not loving him. Like, 
you know, I think loving him is taking care of myself. I we're going to end on this. Love your neighbor <laughs> as yourself. You cannot love your neighbor if you don't know how God loves you as yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do so I love good. my boyfriend? If I don't love myself, we always forget about that. It literally says, love your neighbor as yourself. So I have to learn how to love myself in the way that God sees me before I love Tyler or my you partner. Can only love someone at the level you love yourself. Yeah. It's biblical. Mm-hmm. Like we twist it and make it into the self-love thing, but really it's biblical. Yeah. So good, girl. It's good. I'm so stoked about this episode <laughs> and I feel like we're going to need a part two. Yeah. Um, definitely. We'll love to have you back. Thank you for being so transparent and Always. so open. And I truly, truly believe I know because I felt it in my spirit and in my soul that this is going to heal someone. This is going to touch someone. And that's really all mm-hmm. I ask for with this podcast is that it would bring, bring healing, hope and encouragement. And so thank you so much for being such a big part of that. I love you. Thank you for love having you, girl. me. <laughs>